welcome. My name's John. I'm Michelle. I'm Amanda. And we co-founded Uplift Kids Together. Today we're talking about role models. So we had a featured lesson last week about lineage, about family history, telling family stories. And this lesson this week is related. So we talk about creative lineage or forming a wisdom council. People who may not be related by blood, but who are still deeply influential in your life and the life of your kids. And so this lesson is a chance to come together to talk about your role models and how to approach the topic of role models. Amanda, we'll start with you. How do you approach this topic of creative lineage or forming a wisdom council? And who are some of your role models? I love tapping into creative lineage because it helps me to orient to what do I want more of in my life? What do I need to call in to my life, into my way of being? Part of, I think, creative lineage shifts and changes over time. It could shift and change over the lifetime. But some of those inspiring figures just are a steady drumbeat in our lives. And one of those figures for me has been Mary Oliver. When I was a teenager, my mom sent me Refuge by Terry Tempest Williams when I was living overseas in Japan during high school. And at the beginning of that book is Wild Geese by Mary Oliver. And something about that poem woke something up inside of me as a teenager uh, the language that is like both wild and grounded, something that connects us to the past and the future. I found it so enlivening and so inspiring. And it's a poem that has sort of unraveled and unfurled more and more meaning over my lifetime. And as have other words by Mary Oliver. And it's just her quiet, simple, still, courageous wisdom. And so she is someone that will be alive in my life and in my heart, I think, until the day I die. Yeah, she's so wonderful. She has a confident humility is one way to think about Mary Oliver's words. And I feel so transformed by what she's written as well. Your comment about having her introduced while you were a teenager reminds me of two of my role models. Henry David Thoreau and Ralph Waldo Emerson. And their words just really spoke to me as a teenager. The idea of this call to individualism, to being true to yourself, having integrity. And for me, Henry David Thoreau and Ralph Waldo Emerson are just beautiful examples of that. I also love their expansive approach to spirituality. They pulled from the Hindu Bhagavad Gita, they read Buddhist texts, and deeply into Stoicism. They just read so widely. And from a teen, even to now, yesterday I was rereading Walden and rereading Civil Disobedience by Henry David Thoreau, and just being in awe again that these words are still speaking to me. Michelle, how about you? Yeah, I love the way you have both talked about how something wakes up in you. And um, one of the people that's in my creative lineage or wisdom council, whatever you want to call this like way of presencing particular beings who have qualities that you really admire. So one of the ways for me that I've done that is by noticing the thing that is lacking in my own life 
So for instance, there's kind of a rhythm to life where there's output, but then there's this cycle that if you're busy, you also need to rest. And that's not a cycle that comes easily to me. And I came across the words of John O'Donohue. He's an Irish poet that has passed away. And his words really speak of this, like this natural rest. And he calls often on the senses, the, the senses of the natural world around us. And the very first words I ever came across of his, I'll read them. It's part of a poem, a longer poem called For One Who Is Exhausted. And this part of the poem says, You have traveled too fast over false ground. Now your soul has come to take you back. Take refuge in your senses. Open up to all the small miracles you rushed through. And he goes on to talk about watching the way of rain as it falls slow and free and drawing alongside the silence of stone. This poem actually gives me a map of how to do that. Like I will go on walks in the rain. I will hold a stone and feel its archaic presence, the just like ancient presence of a stone. Like how long has it been there just changing so slowly? So John O'Donohue has these words that have spoken to me and taught me how to do life, how to have more balance in my own life. I love that. It reminds me that you had also talked about the oak trees where you live as part of your wisdom council. It feels very closely related to what you just shared. Do you have any comment on that? Yeah, yes. I Where I grew up is surrounded by oak trees that are hundreds of years old. And then I've recently moved back to the property I grew up on. And there are these old oak trees that they've become really teachers to me. And I didn't even notice them when I was young. They raised me up. I was just like, growing up underneath them without ever really, really appreciating them. And yeah, so the oak trees, I'll, I'll tell one story about the oak trees. This is one example of how they are my teachers. So we live out in the country and when there's a big storm, we lose water, we lose power, we lose heat. Our waters are on a well system. The electricity brings the water into the home. So we had a storm and we lost power and water for quite a while. So the next storm came along and I noticed we were just really rushing around. We were like filling up jugs. We're like, we're not going to run out of water this time. And it was this kind of like frantic nature to the way that we were responding to the storm. And right as we're doing that, I looked out the window and I noticed the way that the oak trees were just like responding to this really intense wind and just swaying. And there was just something about observing the trees that just instantly brought me out of that frantic pace and into a slower pace. And so that's one example of how the oak trees are my teachers. It's powerful. I worked in my grandparents' yard growing up and my grandpa would never cut an oak tree there was something about the strength of the oak tree and how slow they grow that kind of brought a spirit of reverence, the slow growth and longevity and the strength speak to me as well. So when it, so hopefully this conversation here just gets you listening for who are your role models, who might you put on a wisdom council? Cause as you think about that as a parent, you can orient yourself to this lesson 
and then come to the lesson with a chance for you to share who is on your wisdom council and why to your kids. And so they can get to know you a little bit more and so that they can be raised by more than you, right? This is part of the power of a wisdom council is like it takes a village and part of that village can be people who have lived before us and who have wisdom to share for you and for your kids. So hopefully this opens up a conversation on that front. Now, when it comes to navigating a wisdom council with kids, it can get perhaps a bit tricky. Amanda, have you had experience like this as you've talked about some of these topics with kids in counseling? Yes, I have. I love that we're pointing to the idea that a wisdom council or creative lineage, it can be human or it can be non-human. It can be aspects of nature or animals. It could be archetypes. There's no end to where we can really draw wisdom from. And with kids, I think it can be so powerful to just let them follow their own natural curiosity. So it's okay to introduce people or figures to them, but starting with where they already naturally have a spark. And working with kids in counseling, they often already might have challenging relationships with adults or the figures that are in their life. So wherever they find inspiration, wherever they find comfort is important. And it's good to start there and and nurture that and follow that, whether it's a a character in an anime or it doesn't matter there. You can find some wisdom and some depth and something to connect to wherever a child is finding inspiration. I worked with one particular student in middle school who was feeling very alienated from school staff, from family from friends, just from the humans that were in their world in general. But this student was really inspired by one particular musician. And this musician is creative and unique and interesting, clearly a gifted musician. But there are aspects of this person that we would not want to emulate. They had some challenging views about groups of humans. So we would talk about this musician a lot in sessions because it's a place where the student felt connection. But it was a good chance to also talk about the complexity of humans and that no one human holds the ultimate model of what it is to be a human. So we would talk and and recognize, yeah, oh, this is a great song, how creative this is. Oh, when you listen to this music, you feel all of these things that bring comfort and that give you a sense of strength and connection. And also, we don't necessarily have to agree or adopt all the beliefs or attitudes or expressions of life that this musician does. So I think that's really powerful in talking to kids about who their role models are. And it's a good chance to start to introduce the idea that we're complex humans and no one human can be the source of all wisdom for us. Yeah. This is getting to the shadow side of our heroes to realize that all heroes are human 
and we can reverence and honor certain aspects of them without honoring the whole person. This has been a lesson that I've had to learn with Ralph Waldo Emerson and Henry David Thoreau. Thoreau said the mass of men lead lives of quiet desperation. And the more I sit with that now, I realize that there's like a smugness because he's saying like, all those people out there, they lead lives of desperation. I, on the other hand, who can sit by a pond for two years, like I don't, I am above all of that. And those attitudes can be sneaky when they come from somebody who's on your wisdom council because you might not be able to recognize them. I certainly didn't for quite some years recognize like, oh, there's actually an element here that I don't want in my life. I don't want this attitude of smugness that can surface in the transcendentalists. And so it's a matter of saying, what do you honor about this person? And how can you also be clear-eyed about, yeah, they're people still. I can reverence the quality without necessarily reverencing the whole person. Or at the very least, I can recognize that those shadow elements are also in me. And by being aware of that, I can work to reduce the harmful qualities of those shadow elements in me. Michelle, anything you want to add about that? Yeah, there's a way it also really creates separation. Like our relationship, our heroes will always disappoint us. But it also, even before that, even when we've made them into these like heroes of perfection, there's a way that says out there, those people are perfect. Me, I'm imperfect. And so it really separates us from even those qualities that we want to integrate instead of saying like, we are all imperfect and me as well, which there's room, there's like room for strength and growth and accepting that even our heroes have a, a range of qualities. And I think it's important to also note that our creative lineage doesn't have to come from big personalities or famous writers or individuals that are admired on a huge scale. It could be the most quiet and unseen and unknown voice that inspires us and buoys us and brings us closer to our true nature. I mean, I think of someone like my great grandmother who didn't even travel maybe more than a few miles from her home, but she was a home for all of her grandchildren that loved to come to her and she nourished them. She was the ground upon which they were, they felt love and nourishment and she fed them and she cuddled them and she loved them. And it was no one in the world will ever know who my great grandmother is other than those who were directly connected to her. But in her own way, she changed the world. She changed the course of my mom's life and the ripple effects I feel in my own being. I just want to hold up the voiceless, nameless, unknown beings in creation that can really inspire us and who live so creatively, but so quietly and so invisibly. It's just as powerful as a writer or a artist who's renowned and whose name is on everyone's tongue. Wonderful. That's all we have for today. Use this lesson to discuss your role models and hear who your kids' role models are. Even if it's from a cartoon or a TV show 
or like you just mentioned, Amanda, a grandparent, they are all ways to celebrate the wisdom that we've been given and realize that we're part of something bigger than ourselves, which is a central part of spirituality, is really sensing into this connection, this web of love, as the psychologist Lisa Miller talks about, a field of love, a field of love that can support us when we feel despair in our lives. And as always, if you like the podcast, go ahead and give us a review. I think that's it. Thanks so much. Have a good day.